0: It's the first of the month and our, our, our um, history has always been We take that time aside to um, participate in the Lord's Supper together And I, I just see the wisdom of God in calling us to do just that very thing uh, You know, the church over uh, throughout the ages has, has endured hard times The church has always known and experienced um, The opportunity to be distracted from the main things Um, We find ourselves today, likewise, in seasons where there is so much opportunity to be distracted. There's so many things to uh, divide over. There's so many things to worry about. There's so many things to question. And I want you to know that the church has always found itself in seasons like that. We find ourselves here today, but I just want to remind you that the church The modern church today, right, maybe even just outside the United States, has always been experiencing that, but historically, the church has always been going through times of difficulty, right? The scripture says it rains on the just and the unjust, and and so the church always has seasons where it needs to push back against the distractions. It needs to focus on that which is most important. And I think the wisdom of God in calling us to come together regularly to to celebrate the Lord's Supper uh, is very strategic because it's there that we're reminded that, that really it's all about what Christ has done for us on Calvary. It's there that we're reminded that, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that Jesus came and died for us, right? And, and no matter what else is going on around us, our security, our pathway to heaven is sure because of what Christ has done. And sometimes we can get distracted from that. We're also reminded as we go through the, uh, as, we, as we kind of go through that, the Lord's Supper, we're reminded that we're sinners, and it's there that we're reminded that Christ paid the price for our sins. And so we come and we examine our hearts, right? And, and we recognize that, that, that not everything that's coming out from the inside is honoring to God. And so I'm reminded in those moments to say, God, you know what? I'm still me and I get in the way and Lord, forgive me of these things. And, and so I come to the table regularly and I re, I'm reminded that if we'll, conf- if we'll confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. And one thing you and I will always have in common on this side of eternity is that we're going to sin. Do you know the person, that's true of the person next to you, just look and say, you're a sinner, right? We sin, it's what we do. If that wasn't the case, Jesus would have never come, but Christ came to absorb the punishment for our sin upon himself. And so, while there are distractions always there to try and detour us on that, from that foundational truth, we come to the Lord's table. And this morning I, I wanted to kind of tie in my message with you, with the Lord's Supper, because sometimes, um, sometimes it can be, we, can, we can become familiar with the Lord's Supper we could we could it could become religious rote for us at times and and we'd kind of go through the motions sometimes and 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 I just kind of felt in my spirit that that today would be a great day to take a moment of pause and and to really kind of consider perhaps remind us why we gather for some it might inform why we gather but this truth is foundational to our faith and so we We're invited to come to the table. We come to the table like Jesus came to the table with his disciples on that Passover so many years ago. This was not the first time that they did this. As, as good Jews, this was always something that came together. They were always instructed to gather to celebrate the Passover. To remember what God has done. The Passover goes all the way back to Exodus chapter 12. It's at that point, maybe you remember the story where God was calling the people, his people to be able to leave Egypt and go and worship, but Pharaoh would not allow God's people to go. And Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, hey, let my people go, and he says, no. And so God sends judgment upon Pharaoh and upon the Egyptians, not once, not twice, but 10 times, one after another. And in this final plague of judgment of God's wrath that would come upon the people of Egypt we see that God promises the death of the firstborn of every home. This judgment was to come upon the entire land of Egypt. Now this entire land of Egypt was also inhabited by Jews and not wanting his people to suffer his wrath just for being in the land of Egypt, God has a plan for his people to protect them from the judgment that was to come. You see, the people of God, they were in Egypt, but they weren't of Egypt. And you know what, the same is true for you and I. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. There is a wrath of God that's going to come upon the world for the sin that is there. But as Christ's church, as people who have been washed in the blood of Jesus, we will miss the wrath of God because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. But for these these Jews, they were, the instruct of God was for them to, to take a lamb And they were to slaughter this lamb. And they were to take the blood of the lamb and they were to smear it on the doorpost of every one of their homes. And when the death angel would come under the instruct of God to unleash his wrath upon Egypt, when the death angel would come and see the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, the angel would literally pass over that home and not visit that home with death, the death of the firstborn. When they saw the blood. It's an incredible foreshadow of what Jesus would do for us. We who are in the world, but not of the world. As I said before, the wrath of God is there upon the world just like Egypt was under the wrath of God. But God had a plan. Jesus came for you and for me. He shed his blood for you and for me. John the Baptist saw him and calls out and defines him and says, behold, the Lamb of God. What lamb is he referring to? He's referring to that lamb that was slain all the way back at that first Passover. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Paul, in writing to the church at Corinth, will define Christ in chapter 5 and verse 7 as Christ, our Passover lamb. He has been sacrificed. You see, we, we, we hear these things in the church. We have heard these for years and we need to be so careful that we don't become familiar with these things that it doesn't move us. We must consider what Christ has done so that we can come in his presence and worship him. Christ, our Passover lamb. This is an incredible Old Testament example when we consider the Passover that points to the purpose for which Christ has come. You've heard me mention oftentimes the Old Testament can be viewed as a hand that just points to Christ. From Genesis to Malachi, woven all throughout the Old Testament, we see the hand of God pointing to the Messiah that would come. And every year from that first Passover, the Jews would slaughter a lamb, smear the blood on the door, and remember how God spared his people during the days of Egypt. How the blood was a sign of a covenant that they had with God and that God protected them. And they would have this meal, this Passover, year after year after year. And this was the meal that Jesus was sharing with his disciples. It was this Passover event that they were having together that day. But this this Passover was unlike any other Passover that they'd ever experienced before. For tonight, this Passover would be the fulfillment of that first Passover and all that it pointed to. What was soon to take place following this meal would be the fulfillment of that Passover ceremony that they experienced for hundreds of years. Luke chapter 22 and verse 19, Luke writes, and he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it. You don't need to start peeling it yet. I'll I'll give you plenty of time, I promise. I don't want you to spill it on yourself. He took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. New King James says that this is my body, Jesus said, which is, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. There's a couple of things in this passage that I just want us to take a look at before we partake together in the Lord's Supper. The interesting thing uh, that we see here, a couple of things in the, that Luke records, he says that, that he took bread. You see this bread, what did he represent? It represented himself, Jesus, in speaking to the crowd in John chapter 6, said, I am the living bread. Jesus identified himself as the bread that had come down from heaven. He is the nourishment. He is the fulfillment. He is the the provision from God. Jesus identified himself as the bread. In John chapter 3, Jesus reminds them that this living bread was given to the world for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And so when Jesus took bread, he was, he was, in, he was recognizing and, and symbolically demonstrating he is that bread. He took the bread and then it says he had given thanks. It's an amazing thing to consider that Jesus fully knowing what was about to happen, fully knowing what was right around the corner, Jesus gave thanks for what was about to take place. How do you give thanks for the fact that you're about to be broken, that you're about to be arrested, that you're about to be tortured, that you're about to be crucified. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 speaking of Jesus says that for the joy set before him Jesus endured the cross. What was the joy that was set before him? You were you and I were the joy that was set before him he knew that on the other side of redemption was you and I being gathered together the family of God washed in the blood of Jesus reunited with our father originally born separated from God but finding reunion in the person of Jesus Christ and the writer of Hebrews says for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross No wonder he had given thanks. And then it says that he took the bread, he had given thanks, and they broke it. Symbolically laying before them a picture of what was just about to happen to him. Broken. Like the lamb that would be sacrificed on that Passover this lamb would be broken Isaiah writes in speaking of the Messiah but he was pierced For our transgressions 750 years prior to this event Taking place on Calvary Isaiah writes He was pierced for our transgressions He was crushed for our iniquities Upon him was the chastisement That brought us peace And with his wounds We are healed All we like sheep Have gone astray Haven't we? Haven't we followed the passions of our own heart? Haven't we detoured from what God has called us to do? Haven't we been distracted from the things that are consistent with our new nature? All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one of us to our own way. Before we ever point a finger at anybody else, we need to remember there's three more pointing right back at ourselves. And that just reminds me that I never hold a place of judgment towards anyone else. I got enough to keep me busy right here. Right? And so do you. Right? All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on Jesus, on him, the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted. Look, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, like a sheep that, be, that before his shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. And the narrative of the Gospels clearly show that's exactly what took place. Jesus said, nobody takes my life from me. I lay it down of myself. Jesus could have called a whole legion of angels to come down and rescue him at that moment. But he came for that purpose. He came to die And as they accused him and as they beat him, the scripture says, he opened not his mouth. He took that bread and broke it. A reminder of what he would do for you and for me. And then Luke records, he gave it to them. He gave it to them. And then we see this lamb who willingly allowed himself to be broken for us, be given to us. Isaiah will record, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. It is for you and for me that Christ came. We are given Jesus. The greatest gift given to humanity is the person of Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for Christ, our Passover lamb, shedding his blood for us and applying his blood to the doorpost of our heart, we'd still be under the judgment of death and sin and heading to a a separation forever from God. Just like the Egyptians were. But because of the blood, The wrath of God passes over the people of God. And you and I, who are born under the wrath of God, are released from the wrath of God because of the blood of Jesus. And instead of being under God's wrath, we're under God's favor. He loves you. He loves you so much that he gave his only son for you. And so we gather to remember that. There's another reason why we gather. The other focus of the Lord's Supper is that we're called to partake of it together. We come together to celebrate The Lord's table. Interestingly, at that moment, Jesus said, This is my body broken for you. But later on, the Holy Spirit will inspire Paul to write, You are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. And as his body, we come together and we remember what Christ has done for us. And we remember the importance of being together. God calls us a body because it's impossible to be healthy and effective and yet disconnected from our body. Right? You take your head off, you're not going anywhere. Right? It's impossible to be healthy and have disconnected body parts. The Holy Spirit could have likened us to anything he wanted, but he calls us a body because in the same way that each part of the body is dependent on all of the other parts in order to maintain health, so too the church, the body of Christ, is intended to be together, to grow together, to serve Christ who is our head. And so using the frame, the same frame that Luke presents in the passage that we looked before in his gospel he took bread he he took us he chose us the scripture says before the foundation of the world we are called his own and he had given thanks and likewise we too are called all throughout the scripture to be a thankful people Thankful to God, for God, and for one another. In the same way that Christ broke that bread, so too the church is to be broken for one another. And then he took that broken bread and he gave it to them. And likewise, he he called us He saved us. And then he gave us to one another. And he gave us to the world to be a reflection of Jesus to the world around us. Go into all the world and make disciples. You are the light of the world, you are the salt of the earth. I'm giving you to them to be a reflection of me to the world around us as you begin to prepare your hearts for communion and cups for communion we gather and consider that meal that Jesus had with his disciples. We consider that looking through the lens of history that goes all the way back to that first Passover when God delivered his people from from the Egyptians. We look at it through the lens of the present to consider how God delivered us how many have been changed by Jesus right i 'm making say man it 's not a religion to me. this is real this is a this is a loving relationship i, I The God of the universe has made taken up residence in my heart and it 's not about the building I go to or the label I wear, but man, something something changed on the inside. might have been born again, and so we consider this through the lens of What Jesus has done for us personally. How he's forgiven us of our sins. As far as the east is from the west, so he has removed our our transgressions from us. and, And we ought to be, in response to that, a tremendously thankful people. That God doesn't hold against us the sins of our past. We look at it through the lens of history. We look at it through the lens of the present. And then we also partake together, considering this through the lens of the future. Knowing that this is not it for us. Knowing that our ultimate deliverance still awaits us. That at any moment, the church can be raptured off the earth. And whether we go by way of a hole in the ground or a hole in the sky, there's going to be a day where we are rescued from the presence of sin in this world. Where the people of God will be reunited with the God who saved us. And the presence of sin and its effect on the world and upon us will be removed. And so we look at this cup through the lens of the past in the present, in the future. And it causes us to, with great joy and appreciation, participate. So maybe you're here today and you've got some things you just need to ask God forgiveness for. Maybe, maybe this, this is a great time to, to kind of do an inventory. The scripture says we ought to examine our own hearts. And you don't need to do that with anybody here. I just encourage you, let just take a moment of pause between you and the Holy Spirit and just take an inventory of your own heart and asking God, God, is there areas in my life this last week that I have sinned against you? Forgive me of my sins. You see, blood has been shed so that we can come and find forgiveness in Jesus So we don't have to walk around in guilt and shame. That's not what God wants for you. He wants you to walk away forgiven and free. He that the Son sets free is free indeed. And so let's just take a moment, Lord, examine our hearts. Lord, if there's any wicked way in us, forgive us. Cleanse our heart of all unrighteousness. Lord, forgive us for the filth that comes out of our mouth sometimes. Forgive us for entertaining thoughts in our mind. For looking at things that we ought not to look at, reacting at the things we ought not to react at. Lord, those are so inconsistent with what you've called us to do. And so we come as your children and ask forgiveness today. Not because we deserve it, not but because we're special. But because Jesus shed his blood for us and your word tells us that if we'll confess our sins you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness and so Lord would you just do that right now would you forgive our hearts for sinning against you we recognize the only reason that can happen is because of what Jesus did for us And so we come to the table and we remember that on the same night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, this is my body broken and given for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together, thankful for what Jesus has done. and then likewise he took the cup and he said this is the cup of the new covenant to in my blood what Jesus is saying at this point is everything is about to change no longer will you be dependent upon the priests and the prophets to mediate between you and God but my spirit will reside within each and every one of us at this moment the the, the playing field has been leveled there's no special people that stand before God we all stand together one united people washed in the blood of Jesus Christ Jesus said, This is the blood of the new covenant. Drink this in remembrance of me. Let's drink together. Jesus, we thank you that you came. Father, we thank you that you sent your son. Holy Spirit we thank you that you make us alive to apply these truths to our lives we thank you Trinity for the way in which you work within our hearts and minds and Lord this morning we just want to say we love you Lord as response to your good gracious love towards us we just want to respond and say God God thank you. Just in the quietness of your own heart, just, just thank God for what he's done for you. You're no longer what you were. We who were not a people, the scripture says, are now the people of God. We who had not known mercy have been showed mercy. Oh Lord, thank you for that. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together and worship.